My name's Matt and welcome to Lessons I've Learned. Today I sit down with Leslie and we discuss things like going to school for dance, her incredibly cute dog, and what it's like to be a personal trainer in the middle of a global pandemic. We do have a conversation later on where we discuss things along the lines of mental health, body image, and eating disorders. So I wanted to make you aware in case these are triggers. On today's episode, I have a very special guest, um, personal trainer, businesswoman, future student, owner of a very cute dog, great content poster on her Instagram. I have Leslie with me today. Hi. How are you doing, Leslie? Good. How are you? I am doing good as well. Yay! Um, so before we sort of jump into stuff, since we're recording this around Christmas time, but it's going to be posted like in January, I wanted to ask you, what is the most memorable Christmas gift that you have ever gotten before? Um, oh, well. Um, or your favorite Christmas gift. One, either of those are okay. So it's funny. I, I, I feel like I've gotten a lot of them. But the one that I remember most, definitely probably not my favorite, but it's memorable for some odd reason because I wore these at my graduation when I graduated undergrad. But my sister um, got me these like neon yellow six inch stiletto heels. Okay. And everyone knows I'm a big shoe person. And if you don't know that, you will know. I probably have over 50 pairs of shoes and most of them are all like sparkly high heels and sparkle boots. Um, and she got me these electric neon yellow high heels and I wore them um, to my undergrad graduation. Um, so I, that's just what I remember because very nice. everyone like was talking about my shoes at my graduation and they were like, of course you are wearing bright yellow high heels and it was the easiest way to find me. Like, <laughs> so people started taking pictures they're like where's she at where's she my at? friends and family started taking pictures and they're like instead of where's waldo with his red and white striped oh. shirt it's where's leslie find the yellow high heel <laughs> that's like um what is your preference where's waldo or i spy which one if you had to choose one you're on a desert island you only have one book series with you where's waldo okay but i do like those games where it's like find all these objects and oh yeah, like yeah search the picture so yeah those are fun i know um with you doing personal training i know a lot of people are sort of having to adapt um their workout regimens and things like that like what are some ways that because you are so familiar with the space and um like it it is what you do um what is it like for you sort of having to sort of adapt and change and pivot? It's been hard. So um, my current job, well, I just quit because I'm getting ready to go into grad school. But for the past year and a half, I was doing corporate fitness. So I was um, working for a company that was hired on through co a corporation. Um, and we go and provide um, fitness. You know, we work in their on-site gym. The company would create an on-site gym. And then we would work it, do front desk, do employee health, personal training, teach small group classes, all that stuff. So we went from being on site to being completely shut down in March. Um, you know, I remember my birthday was March 13th. I was out um, celebrating, turning 31. And then I go to work on Monday. We get a call, shut down. State of North Carolina is shutting down, going into lockdown. And we were removed from the site. 
And we had to pivot to completely virtual offerings in like a very short amount of time. So the past like, had, I can't believe it's been like nine months, but we started developing online programming. A lot of my friends who also teach yoga and personal train, you know, um, hadn't, luckily with me and you, I had done video creation and content and was already familiar with stuff to do on the web. But a lot of people in my industry had not done that before. Um, so they were having to struggle to figure out how to use Zoom, how to figure out how to use YouTube, how to video edit and, and make all these things. So it was a scramble. It still is because now a lot of states, gyms opened back up, but they were only like half capacity or had very limited offerings. They came to group classes. Um, and now some states are shutting those back down. So it's just kind of navigating this whole um, making the most out of virtual programming and content when virtual mm -hmm. programming is very difficult because what makes, I think, fitness and wellness so special with the classes is the community aspect of it and Absolutely. seeing people. Um, and you kind of really don't get that personalized interaction as much through video. You can, but still not the same. Yeah, I can see your face, but it's hard for me to like, really interact with you um and be fully present because people are you know they don't want to be seen on screen so I always give people the options not to be seen on screen um but you know people get distracted or you know people just don't like it I've had clients who are like I just don't like virtual stuff I'm like, for sure okay you know um and then some people don't like following along with videos it's just kind of you just making do with what you can um, sure. And then my biggest thing has just been um, coaching people and, you know, helping them navigate the mental side of things when it comes to this quarantine and lockdown and uncertainty and work from home, you know, um, clients feeling inadequate or not very worthy because they aren't working out as much because mm -hmm. most of my clients are females. So they're working a full-time job and doing virtual school at the same time. And they're not having enough time for themselves. Um, and then just trying to make them feel okay. And be like, if you can only get five minutes a day, that's bad. That's just as good. And trying to reframe this mindset that we're in. That's kind of been my biggest um, thing I've been working on with my clients. It's just letting them be okay. It's like, you know, we're all going through a collective trauma right now and Absolutely. your body is going to respond and you just got to do the best you can and be gentle with yourself. It's not easy because I'm not gentle with myself. For sure. People as they listen will come and find out about that. But like, just keep reminding yourself, I'm doing the best I can with what I have. Um, and just still, even if you don't do anything that day, just still thinking, I'm going to try and get something done today. That's better sure. than just being like, I'm not going to do anything today. If you right. have that mindset of like, I'm going to try and do something today. That can be a five minute walk. That's better than like maybe anything else you can do. Working on self-empowerment and mental health. I know that those things are um, really important to you. Do you find that as you're helping other people, you're helping yourself in the process. And as you're giving other people tools, those are also tools you're able to put into your tool belt. Yes. So it's a double-edged sword. Um, I'm one of these that I do way better at giving advice and helping people than really doing it for myself, mm -hmm. but also, um, 
it's also very helpful because it keeps me in track with my own recovery journey and me taking care of myself mentally um, and emotionally. So I hate feeling like a hypocrite. And um, I am actually a way better trainer and yoga instructor and wellness coach when I am connected to my health and my recovery and my going to therapy and taking care of myself. I'm actually way better at what I do, but it does kind of keep me in check because want to make sure that, you know, I'm telling my clients something I was trying myself and my clients are very, I am very open about what I struggle with and that like there are days I just don't work out at all and that it's hard for me to deal with that. But I'm still trying to be like, well, you know, maybe today my body needs that. Like, yeah, that's sure. okay. I may not be okay, but there's a reason why this happened today and I'm going to be okay with that. So it kind of actually helps me stay on track myself. So because you had a background in dance, did that translate well into the personal training? Like, do they go sort of hand in hand? How did that all sort of unfold? Yeah. So I know many dancers who work in the wellness and fitness industry. Um, They do really tie well together because you're using your body and also to like scheduling wise dance life is very, it's a very interesting world. So the fitness industry where it is, a lot of it is make your own schedule or you work, you know, in the early mornings or in the evenings, it kind of can work around a dancer schedule when you have classes and rehearsals and those things. Um, but I started going to the gym because I took a hiatus from ballet. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I was injured and I was just really, really burnt out. What was your, um, like, what was your, um, I don't know if medium, that's not the right word. What was your preferred style that you danced in? Um, So modern dance when I was in college, um, but I started off in jazz and classical ballet. Um, I love a good classical jazz as well, too. I don't do that. I didn't do that as much as I did. Um, Everything was always ballet and modern. Um, And that's kind of what I really deep dive into um Mm -hmm. so the opportunities given to me and ballroom dances well I did a lot of ballroom dancing in college and my early 20s and then I did burlesque um and cabaret burlesque um, in my late 20s and now because of COVID I'm not doing anything and then I taught as well all throughout my 20s so a lot of my dance instructors were yoga teachers um or group fitness instructors and that's my dog winston in the background um everyone no worries hi he's winston got own, he's got his own hashtag hashtag dogi winston d-o-g-i winston because he loves yoga he's a dog yogi oh let's see um, i love it that's awesome he's a ham um what's his favorite yoga pose He's the master of down dog. I was hoping you were going to use down dog in your answer. So he does down dog all the time. Like he can do it on command. <laughs> yes. Um, so anyways, um, yeah. And that's kind of how I got into a lot of different things. I took a step class when I was 18 and I fell in love with it because it was dance. Um, and I started teaching group fitness when I was 18 and it just kind of, all kind of escalated. I studied exercise science in college and I started teaching more on campus in the recreation, um, in the gym, teaching all the formats. And I just really, really loved it. Um, I didn't really start doing personal training um, until a few years ago. I'd always had an interest in it, but it wasn't until I was like, 
I don't want to teach 20 classes a week mm-hmm. and put my body through that anymore. And I really started to want to specialize and tailor and develop a more, um, I don't want to say intimate, but a more intimate one-on-one connection with someone and really get them to where they want to be with their goals um, or their vision for their wellness. Um, and that's easier um, when it's a personal training or wellness coaching. So started that when I lived in Oklahoma, actually. It was like three, four years ago. Do, I know that you have sort of, um, I'm trying to think of the, I guess like quote unquote right way to say it, but I know that you've struggled before with self-image stuff and Uh mental health and like, do you find, um, do you feel like that was related to your experience with dance or anything like that? Because I know that. Yes. Okay. Most, most of it. So uh, quite, quite a bit, not the whole thing. Um, because eating disorder stuff is very nature and nurture. It's both. So, um, and genetic, but I definitely can 100% say that it definitely influenced, um, how I viewed myself and some of my tendencies more and exacerbated it more because I always felt inadequate. Mm-hmm. Um, and not worthy enough. So especially when I was in college, when it was at its worst, um, I was really working really hard on becoming a professional dancer, living that company life. I didn't want to be a dance teacher. I wanted to be a performer and all that stuff. Um, but you know, you always feel like, cause you're surrounded in the sea of someone's always going to be better than you, no matter what you do, where you go. Sure. But in the dance world, you feel this pressure because it's like, they still in theater, you know this as well. You get lo- a lot of times gigs based on looks. You have to fit a certain thing. Sure. People like a certain look. Um, they like a certain thing. And you may or may not be that choreographer's ideal, may not be what they're looking for. Um, and that can hurt sometimes because you're like, well, I'm better than X, but X got the, the part and I didn't. So I just kind of started getting this mentality of, because I also started dance a little bit later in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of harbored that a little bit. What age uh, did you start? 10. And what's like a common age to start? Um, five to eight. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start off in a very technically sound studio either. And then that's when I switched to classical ballet. But my dog, people <laughs> keep getting entering out of my house and like the mailman and like dog moms listening to this or dog dads you get it and like my dog is small and yappy he loves absolutely so like it's just non-stop but um no so yeah I just started thinking I was in college I was doing all the time I was in all these rehearsals and I really wanted it really bad I was hungry for it I, I would do anything for it and um you know I kind of set this up in talent it's like well you know I even though I knew I was technically good mm-hmm. and I was very sound and people did like me, I always felt like, well, if I was thinner and more fit and X, Y, Z, and I could do more numbers and last longer than other girls or other dancers um, or men in my class, like I'm going to be more desirable. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of fueled that. 
then actually it like made me worse because I would be injured all the time. And you like don't have the energy to perform what you need to perform or you're yeah or or you're or you're lethargic and you're weak I or- don't know how honestly I was talking about this with a performer friend the other day I don't know how I made it through like those rehearsals those programs those things on under a thousand calories a day like I don't know how I did that and still performed at a very high level because now that's not happening <laughs> <laughs> well and like I, um, I've, I've always sort of been someone who struggled with, I'll solve a problem with another problem. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, throughout junior high, high school, I sort of struggled with self-harm and it was just something that I battled with for quite yeah. a while. And, um, you wanna know, th- so and then like- it was something where I, I don't, I don't know if that dabbled is the right word, but I definitely, um, sort of experience bulimia sort of towards the end of my high school year, just because I was, I was just trying to find anything to, to take my mind off of one. Yeah. You want to feel something. So it's weird. So you either use it to feel something or avoid. I'm an avoider. So I used my skills as a ways to avoid my problems. And a lot of people will use that stuff to also to feel something because they are so numb to the thing. So they just need something that'll make them feel something. And like when you do an eating disorder is a self-harm as well too, in my opinion, because we are harming our bodies because we're not eating enough. Um, So, you know, your body does go into shutdown as well. Like eating disorders are the number one, um, uh, like death when it comes to like mental illness. Um, but, you know, you do it to feel something, to feel alive, or you do it because you're like, I am so overwhelmed and I need to shut things out. And for me, it was being overwhelmed. I was constantly being like these voices in my head saying, I'm not good enough. I have to be perfect. Pressure from family pressure, societal pressure, dance pressure, internal pressure, because I'm a highly type A perfectionistic person. Um, so just my own pressure that I put on myself. And things that you feel that you have to perform. And most of the time, it's just not there. It's just, but yeah. So I was doing it because there's just so much messaging. And I just felt like I could not live up to anyone's standards. And I had no worth. And But like, if I was cute and funny and skinny and super duper fit, my problems would go away. That's a lie. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, you know, now I know that. Right. right. 31-year-old Leslie knows that. Um, but little little baby Leslie in college who really had no idea what right. it was. And what was what was the thing that you whether it be something that like flipped on a light or what was the thing that sort of helped you um come out on the other side of this mountain? Well, I'm still on that mountain. Well, that's uh, what I was about to say is, is it's, I, I feel like things like that are something that it's, it, it like that, that voice in your head is sometimes like, it's, it's, it's almost like it's there. still there. Yeah. It's always there. Um, it's always there. You just, it depends. You just get better at saying no to it and mm-hmm. dealing with it and like facing your problems and really working on yourself and your shadow work and you know addressing trauma and doing the work sometimes you get a little sidetracked maybe you're climbing that mountain 
and you don't follow the signs very well, those little markings right. um, on the trees, then you kind of miss a little step or you don't know how to read a map. That'd be like me. Um, and you get a little sidetracked, but you get back on. Um, so it's a constant battle. It's a constant work in progress. It's a constant journey. But I think, you know, for me, I was dating my then boyfriend, who's now my ex-husband. Um, he was the one that kind of really got me started in seeing someone, saying I need to talk to someone, um, because I was really deep into that, into that. And he was like, just go talk to someone. And you can ask most people who are in recovery. You have to ask us 500 times, and then we only go because we want you to shut up. Right. And so I did that to like appease him and to get him to shut up. And um, and then I also had a friend who was going through a lot of the same stuff. Like she had been in recovery for a few years, kind of sit down, start talking to me as well. And so I just kind of started slowly working on it. And then it's just kind of ebbed and flowed over the years, um, depending on, you know, you know, I was chronically sick for most of my marriage um, with an undiagnosed GI disorder um, and some other things. So when you're trying to recover from an eating disorder, and then you have something going on with you that makes eating hard. You know, it's like, I can't catch a break. Um, so I think that, you know, and then, you know, deciding now I turned 30, then 31, I made some huge life changes and, you know, that were not easy and, you know, not giving into that as much. It was difficult this summer, but right. um, yeah. So I think it's just constantly having someone in your corner. And I've always had a really strong support system in some ways, um, usually through my friends. I um, always had a friend or two who was always very much there for me. Um, and especially a lot of them were dance friends because a lot of us have been through, you know, similar I similar situations. Mm -hmm. Maybe they weren't as full-blown as mine or I wasn't as full-blown as theirs, but we had all kind of been through this we know what it's like, or they were chronically ill themselves. I had a lot of friends who had an invisible illness. So having someone to kind of help push you through, I think that does wonders. Um, and then now eventually my family has been helping me because um, we actually started talking about all that stuff over the past year. So. What is, um, I guess these two questions can sort of go together. What would you say is something that you found to help you during this COVID time? Because I know that it's tough for everyone. And then people that um, have these battles that they're facing, um, like what are some things that you do to help you get through the days? And then what would you say is some advice that you would give to somebody who is struggling with issues that you think are similar um, to some of the things that you have faced or that you do face as well? So yeah, COVID's been really hard for those who have some form of eating disorder or body image thing because, you know, it's, it's a trauma and that's triggering and eating disorders thrive in um, solitude and being alone. Um, they, that voice just jumps on that. So I think anything that you can do to not be alone. Um, so I'm going to do a little plug here. Um, but so I'm doing the mentorship through Yoga for Eating Disorders, mm -hmm. which is Jennifer Kretzelis. But on Facebook, she's got a group, um, the Yoga for Eating Disorders community. 
And it's just a whole bunch of people who are in recovery or starting recovery or contemplating recovery. Um, and it's a place where we just kind of dump when we're having a hard day and we're struggling. She posts um, affirmations and a weekly Friday class. Like I've shared a few classes on there as well. But that was a huge help for me, um, especially as I was deciding to leave my husband. And um, I wasn't really in therapy at this time because I was switching out into new insurance and navigating that world. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that a help really trying to stay on top of, I tend to shut down and withdraw from people, but knowing that that makes that voice louder, doing something I could do to reach out to people. So I think the biggest thing you can do is find someone. There's a lot of groups around. Sometimes you just have to get really creative finding them online or, um, so that is one I highly recommend because it's very open to everyone. And there's people from all over the world in that group. And it's just been a great resource. Um, but there's a lot of National Eating Disorders Association. Um, NIDA has a bunch of stuff and, and tools you can use as well. Um, I know I've even used AA before when I was struggling, um, going with my friends to those meetings. Um, so I think just really trying to find some sense of community and connection. That is the biggest thing I can say because not only does that kind of keep the voice out, but it also just keeps you connected to someone and not being in this isolation. Um, Because we aren't that connected to people. But sometimes, you know, like my friends in Oklahoma, it's nice. We have a group, we have a girl chat, a girl chat group text that we send things on. We're constantly always checking in on each other. We started that actually before um, I left Oklahoma. But we started really utilizing that because two of them had kids. So just checking in on like, how's the baby doing? Right. Um, or what can we do for you? Even though I'm not there anymore, do you need a Postmates gift card or something? Like, right. you know, what can I do? Um, how are you feeling? Um, that was a big help as well, too. So I think, you know, and even we, when we occasionally do a Zoom, it's great to see people's faces or, you know, you don't have to see them all the time, but finding ways to connect with people. And it also just keeps anxiety down as well too. Um, and yeah, and when I was on Instagram and doing Instagram stuff, you know, there's a few people who I know we always messaged a lot because, you know, they, they had family members to where they couldn't leave because they were like sick or compromised. They were in a special, special group. So, you know, I knew they were always going through it because they couldn't even go to the grocery store. So it's like, let's check in on you and right. how are you feeling today? What can I do for you? Even though I'm four states over, do you need a meme at least? Do you need someone to talk to? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's um, awesome. I think it's very important to constantly check in on people. Um, I, yeah, I think it's interesting that you talk about sort of, um, it seems like a way that you really connect or that you find connection is through like using social media or through using technology. And it's interesting that I feel like we're now in this day where people talk about like the dangers of technology or the dangers of social media. But oh, I mean, it's super I think dangerous like and it's you can, super, it's a double-edged sword. It's really absolutely. great. It's also horrible at the same time. <laughs> absolutely. Like you can really, um, like you can really use it in a really positive way and in a way to really positively 
affect people and And that's what I try to do a lot with my Instagram so before I took a little social media break I posted a bunch of stuff about some of the um it's called depersonalization where you don't feel certain parts of your body and how that kind of um which is a symptom of trauma and being able and how that impacted my exercise journey where I didn't really like exercise for two months um, but how I slowly started getting back into exercise and I started sharing that, um, you know, and people were really, um, into that and started messaging me anytime I've talked about my eating disorder stuff or my anxiety issues, um, or just even me taking time this past year to be like, I've changed my life. I'm taking back my life and reclaiming my time and my body and my happiness. And I'm making these changes. I've just found when I start sharing stories, which is also part of the 12 steps, um, is to go out and share your truth. Um, I've always wanted to do that with social media, just to let people know they're not alone. Because I remember what it's like to feel like there was no one mm-hmm. who was going through what I went through, and I felt so alone. And I was like, I just want for someone one time to be like, oh, yeah, I know what it's like, you know, why you don't want to do this or why you get scared. And it's stupid things. Like, I just started wearing a crop top this year. And like, I always was triggered in performances if I had to wear like cute little tops and stuff. And this is coming from the person who did cabaret burlesque. And it was always really, really hard for me to put on some of those costumes. Mm-hmm. I would like want to starve myself or do whatever. And now I can confidently wear a crop top. And it's just one of those things that's like, there was something about that and I started doing it. It was really great. Um, and then I started talking about that. And, you know, people were like, oh yeah, you know, it is weird when you start like being like, okay, I'm okay with what I look like. There's right. nothing shameful about my body. And, you know, or just sharing that like, hey, you know, sometimes we're just unhappy. Sometimes sure. We do these things and now we are happy. And I think people really resonate with that because it's just being honest. And then that starts a dialogue. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I get messages all the time of like, oh, it's, you know, or, you know, um, started talking about pelvic floor stuff and these women being like, yeah, because of you, I'm now looking into this and then I'm not feeling so shameful. And I'm like, that's great. Absolutely. I think it's wonderful. You know, here are some resources that I use that even know more than I do. I'm just sharing what I go through. And these are actually some of my friends who I get a lot of my stuff from. So it's like, check out my friends. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, you just need people to talk about stuff. It's like the more you talk about these issues and these things, the stigma kind of goes away. And I think, too, also, you know, I come off as very much I have everything put together. Um, so I think also sometimes just letting that bell go of being like, I look like I have everything together because I present myself. That's not really the case. Um, I think that helps a lot of people, too. Because I remember I was thinking about that with like people's relationships and marriages. And, you know, I also was one of those marriages where everything looked perfect and we were wonderful and great. And knowing that really behind it, you know, it wasn't all how it was presented to be. So I think also too, letting that veil drop sometimes and letting your human side show out more people, people respond to that. Because no one wants to be alone at the end of the day. Everyone just wants to be full, seen, and loved, and heard, and validated. So 
I know I, I thrive on validation. I'm working on that. I'm working. Validation comes from within. Doesn't come from other people. Right. I'm working really, really hard on that. But also <laughs> sometimes too, you just want to know that like what you're presenting and your story is true. And it, there's, it's beautiful. Like sure. maybe effed up, but like, it's still your story and there's beauty in it. Um, and validating others. I'm like, no, you have every right to feel this way. You know, of course you do. Absolutely. And I try to do that with my clients. It's like, you can feel frustrated and upset at your kids and at your husband because you are working 40 plus hours a week, virtual schooling, you're teaching your kids, you right. know, you're balancing all these schedules. And of course, this is bringing stuff up for you that you haven't thought about in 10 years. Feel it. Like, you need to feel those things. It's okay to feel those things. What can we do to like, besides going to therapy, like what can I do within my scope to kind of help you manage your life? Like, what do we need to look at? Um, yeah. What would you say is something that you have recently learned about yourself or something that you feel like has recently surprised you about yourself? A lot. <laughs> like, oh my, that's what. Um, so I left my husband in May, um, and I feel like it's been nothing but self discovery. Um, I started a self discovery journey when you turn thirty, and most women, when they turn thirty, we kind of start this weird journey of like being like, this is who we really are, and we start really just doing some work on ourselves. Um, but really, when I decided to take my to to pursue my own happiness and own up that I wasn't happy and I was not being a good wife because I wasn't happy to, I wasn't being a good wife to my husband because I couldn't love him in the way he needed to be. I just wasn't happy. And, you know, I didn't want to hurt someone I loved anymore. So coming to that realization and then deciding to start over again, I've never lived on my own. I went straight from in college to getting married. So living with my parents to getting married. So I had to learn how to do all sorts of stuff. So learning that I could do basic stuff. I also learned how to like take apart a dishwasher. I learned how to survive without a refrigerator for a month. Oh yes. I'm like killing bugs and becoming an exterminator. And um, also learning, you know, that I was really resilient. I'd always been told that I wasn't a very resilient person, but I realized that I am resilient because all through my life, I've been knocked down a lot, whether it's chronic illness or eating disorder or not getting a job or taking forever to find a job, um, you know, here now starting over and I kept having stuff happen, like, you know, bank accounts, you know, get overdrafted and you don't know how to budget and like all this stuff and you keep getting knocked down, knocked down, knocked down, but you keep getting up and you know, you always come back stronger. So I'm thinking, I always knew I was a strong person, but I didn't really know how strong I really was because I never, I, I knew I was mentally strong because I had mental problems that I had overcome. But I didn't know this all this other life stuff. Um, so I think that was one that I'm resilient because I never thought I was, because I'd always been told that I wasn't because I was always a very emotional creature. Um, so I just felt like, I felt bad that I wasn't resilient. Yeah, I'm, I'm very resilient now. Um, and that I'm also learning that it's okay to be a happy, positive, outgoing person and 
not give all your energy away. I'm really learning energy management, um, which is a yogic principle of brahmacharya, um, which is restraint, but I'm working really hard. And if any people is a highly sensitive person out there or an empath or a very giving type. So if you follow the Enneagram and you're a type two, you know, those of, or those of us who are just falling to the caregiver archetypes, we tend to give a lot more than we take and how draining that can be. And we feel like we have to give everything of ourselves for people to love us or to be that good friend. And really, and then we have nothing left to give ourselves and we're drained and we're emotional and we're beat. And I think learning how to set up those boundaries and give a lot, but still be like, I'm not going to give everything because I need something for myself. Um, I think that has been one of the biggest things I've learned, especially when it comes to just all sorts of relationships. Because um, if you, you have to take care of yourself first before you can give and take to others. And I'm also in a very giving um, occupation. So I'm giving of myself in my yoga classes, of my knowledge, of my time. Um, I'm very emotionally invested in my clients. And that can take a lot out of you to where you just like have nothing left and you feel defeated. So I think just really learning how to decide, you know, I'm a happy person. I don't have to always exude and perform and be what people think is happy or be who they think Leslie is that I can still be happy and maybe just be a little bit more reserved that day. Maybe I'm not living my life at 500%. Maybe I'm just at like 85. So, and how, and I think learning that like, it's okay to be that way. Right. I always felt felt like being, I'm a happy person. So everyone expects me to be super talkative and bubbly and which I am, I'm naturally that way, but I always feel like I have to be so much more. Right, And then I have to be fully invested in everything that, okay, um, in my relationships, I am going to love you. Like loving hard is sometimes not what we really need to do, but we think we need to love hard to get that back. Um, But I've learned that, you know, that actually pushes people away because we are giving everything um, away. Sometimes you just need to take that step back. That's been something I've learned really hard. And I think also being gentle with myself. I've learned a lot of that. I started doing a trauma. I'm now, um, I did a yoga for trauma and trauma certification and trauma work um, the past four months. So I think really learning how to work through that and through those tools and learning to be gentle with myself when things aren't going right or I mess up and I screw up when I typically want to not deal with myself in a very positive way being like that's all right here's some things I can do to kind of reorient and ground myself and um just being like you know what tomorrow's a new day five minutes from now I think it's like what Kimmy Schmidt says like you can do anything for 10 oh, seconds yeah 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 so you can just say, you know, here's the setback, but you know what? I'm going to give myself 30 minutes to feel this. And then I'm still going to feel it for the rest of the day, but I'm not going to let it derail me anymore. Um, so just learning, I call it sitting with my shit. But like, <laughs> you sit with it, you feel it, and then you name it out loud. And then you just go on with your merry way. I'm still going to be upset for the rest of the day. Someone hurt me. 
I'm still going right. to be sad and upset, but instead of letting it derail my life, I've named it. I've named those feelings that I can, it doesn't have control over me anymore. So I can go out and, you know, live more fully. Um, I didn't do a very good job that when I was dealing with couples counseling, like I should have, um, I just let a lot of stuff fester, but I think just naming it out loud, naming what you're feeling, what you're going through, sitting with it, and then just going on. Um, mm -hmm. There's a really big, powerful lesson in that. Um, because then you learn, I can still have a good day, even though I'm really hurt or I'm very angry, I'm very frustrated. I'm still going to get stuff done. Because I remember when I didn't do that, I couldn't get anything done for the rest of the day. Like I would mess everything up and that would just make me more angry because right. I'm messing up all my chores. I'm not getting my to-do list done. I'm Right, it's sort of compounding on top of each other. Yes, I'm lashing out at people because I wasn't dealing with the stuff that was inside of me. I just kept shoving it, shoving it down. A little squish squasher. Um, and I think there's some, there's a big freedom and a power and just learning to recognize and accept those feelings and not let it overtake you. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what I've learned over the past time. Um, and... Also, I had a friend say, you know, you know, if you're learning, you're living. And I thought that was, that has stayed with me a lot um, because I was getting really upset one day because nothing was going right. I kept feeling like I was screwing things up and, and they were like, but you're learning from it, right? And I was like, yeah, I've learned so much about myself. I learned how, what not to do. Mm -hmm. And they were like, you're living this is what living is. Living is making those mistakes. And it reminded me of Miss Miss Frizzle from Magic School Bus. Oh, yeah. Get messy. Well, what did you say? Like, get messy, make mistakes. Is, is take chances something like, is it get? Get is, messy, take risk, make mistakes or something Yeah, like something. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And good. that, that is really good. changed my direction and my shift. Yeah, that's like, good. That's, you know, I applied to grad school because of thinking of Miss Frizzle and like, you know, it is a risky chance to, you know, apply for grad school in the middle of COVID and move back home with your parents. And it's hard, but like the end result's going to be worth it. Or like, and, I mean, if you can do it now, you can do it anytime. Like, you yeah. Can, like, yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, if anything, I think that's what this whole year has taught us. It's not too late. Cause I was like, I'm going to be so old. I feel like I'm old going back to school. And then I was talking to advisors and they're like, no, you're 31. They're like, you are still like in the prime of it. You have so much to bring to the program. And, you know, that you didn't know when you were 23, 25, you've right. lived a whole lot of life and you've worked a lot. So now if anything, you're going to be better equipped and you're going to get more out of this program. Yeah than you did if you were younger. And I thought that was something good too, is that we're not old. Society tells us that we're old. I mean, you're old when you're 30, you're old when you're 40, you're old when you're 50. Like, But if anything, people have learned so much this year. You know, they started taking up hobbies. I've had friends who are like, I've always wanted to like bake bread. I know it's typical. <laughs> but like people have learned these new skills. People you've made a transition during COVID. You're like, I'm not happy. I'm going to yeah. do this full time. Yeah. Um, I think this, that's, if anything, that's what this past year has taught us that life is really short. 
we need to live and we need to learn and we need to do what we want to do now because when are we going to do it? And I think that's been the one highlight that we've all experienced that even just how we treat other people, you know, being really connected to your family, showing how really important relationships are because, you know, we're not seeing our family members as much or our friends as much. Um, So, you know, living life is making mistakes and taking risks and we learn along the way and we have fun maybe, but it's never too late. Um, So I think that's something else too. It's just like, you know, you're going to get messy. You're going to make some mistakes, but you're going to have a great story. You're going to learn a lot of things and who knows what's going to come out of it. You know, maybe this baking bread thing that people are doing, maybe someone does turn it into their next adventure and it brings them all the happiness they've been searching deep down um, inside of them or, you know, whatever. Maybe they are like me and they're going to grad school because they're like, I've always wanted to do this. There's a dream that they've always wanted to accomplish and then the world turning upside down. They're like, now is the time to make my dreams happen. You know? Again, like you and your videography, you're like, I have this dream, I have this goal, this passion. I'm going to make it happen. It may not be ideal right now, but you right. know. Yeah, it's like now that the deck has been shuffled, let me see if I can get a new hand. Yeah, because what's the point? Like at the end of the day, Absolutely. what do you really have to lose at the end of the day? Absolutely. Our world has already been turned upside down. I mean, you know, at this point, just it's a free for all. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff. So I hope that's a little bit of encouragement uh, as well, too. Yeah. Just Yeah, it's really good just do the damn thing. Like that's what I, that's what I've told myself all summer long. It's like, um, I, you know, I decided to go through a mentoring program and do a trauma training and apply for grad school and do all, I just started saying yes to everything that had said no to before for years. And I am now in so much of a better place because I just started saying yes. I was like, this may, this may also be a huge mistake. Right, do, right. do I really have the money right now to do right. all this? No, but you know what? I'm saying yes, because it's something I've always wanted. These have been mm-hmm. dream goals and the opportunity is falling in my lap. So I'm going to take it because I may not get this opportunity again because I know what it's like to squander missed opportunities in my right. 20s. I, got, I had a lot. But I was like, I'm married or, you know, I'm sick like or I just don't know because I could be moving at any time and I just didn't say yes and do what I wanted and talk to my husband about hey here's this opportunity I really want to do it like I just I just decided to say no and then I always lived with that like should have could have would have or what would have happened and I don't want to live like that anymore I think a lot of us don't want to live like that anymore because 2020 took away everything that we had planned. Right. So I think something too, if, if it sounds too good to be true, maybe it is, maybe it's not, you know, just falling in your lap and the universe is just saying, Hey, I like knocking at you. Listen. So that way you don't deal with that. Like, man, what would have happened? For sure. Well, Leslie, I, I just want to thank you so much. I just like, I feel inspired. I'm like, yeah, I just want to do stuff. I just want to get stuff done. Leslie says I can. Um, 
Well, yeah, because it'll be 2021 and we're trying I, to make 2021 better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just, just one step compounding betterness on top of the other. So, yes. um, yeah. so thank you so, 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 so much. Um, you, your socials are, um, you're on Facebook and on Instagram. All that stuff is going to be linked below as well. Um, yes. it, Yogini underscore is underscore a underscore dancer i love that underscores is, <laughs> that is y-o-g-i-n-i underscore i-s underscore a underscore d-a-n-c-e-r um yes. or you can just type in my name i mean but that's just not as much fun maybe and i so i used to tell people my picture was me and the fill the sunflowers but now it's mm-hmm. me one of my pinup pictures so i love pinups so i'm like you know my legs are up in the air. Um, so I took it my friend and she was a photographer. We were having fun this summer. Um, but I used to like say, it's just the girl in the sunflowers. But now my I do. I do remember you saying that. Yeah. <laughs> I do like remember now, you doing that exactly. In a white dress looking cute. <laughs> like I was celebrating myself. So there like we, we took pictures. We did girl day brunch day. And it's like, you know, you're going to be got all dressed up and like had brunch and like took pictures of each other. It was great. I suggest, highly suggest doing that. Get your girlfriends, boyfriends, other friends. Get your people out. Start treating yourself. It's a good idea. I like it. I mean, now maybe not like. Well, I don't know what your is going to look like, but you know, safely. For safely, sure. Or just you do what I started. On Zoom. <laughs> yeah, or what I started doing. Just like my friends, just start dressing up cute around the house, just for you. For sure. When yeah, and yeah, out, yeah. just do stuff for you, like you know. I have so many dresses. I like shopped a lot. And so I'm just like, I'm just gonna start wearing all these cute dresses around the house. Like I'm just gonna do chores in this cute little dress that I bought. Like no one's gonna see it, but hey, I'll look cute at least. I'll feel good about myself. For sure. Cause I'm starting to do stuff for me. And if that means right. putting on a cute sundress while vacuuming the house, you know, throw on some hills and I'll get a leg workout. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram about me raking leaves and four inch heels. So. I actually just watched that video. <laughs> yeah, before I came on, I was like, oh, what is this? I was like, oh, that's fun. And so now, I, yeah. So, yeah, this is a great way to get a leg workout and just wear high heels doing everything. <laughs> Going back to the yellow shoes that we're talking about. Earlier. Full circle. Full, full circle. circle. <laughs> Perfect. So we book ended. It's a perfect closure. We, we can awesome. now end. Awesome. Thank you, Leslie. You're welcome. Anytime.